Welcome to Small Business Big Challenge, the podcast that gives you the right tools, the knowledge, and the confidence to start and grow your small business. Because what stands between you and your most ambitious dreams have less to do with having a genius idea and far more about how you approach problems, make decisions to solve them, and have the courage to implement them. So without further ado, from the beautiful village of Cuba, New York, your host, Lionel Legree. Welcome. Our show will have an assortment of essays like the one today. We'll have tutorials on creating and growing a small company too. We're also going to have interviews of small business owners and professionals supporting them. And finally, we'll have coaching sessions. If you are a small business owner or thinking of venturing in one, this is your show. So let me know what you want to hear next. Contact me through my website at smallbusinessbigchallenge.com. Thank you. Today I will tell you a story that will involve the 14th Amendment, the progression of human rights, and why you should write a clear mission statement, a vision statement, and a set of company values for your small business. We are in April 1865 in Washington, D.C. The presidential party arrived late at the Ford's Theater and settled in their box. Lincoln is sitting in a rocking chair that had been selected for him among the Ford's family personal furnishings. The house is full. You can hear the clapping of the 1,700 souls crowding the theater. Mary Lincoln whispers to her husband, was holding her hand. What will Miss Harris think of my hanging on to you so? She won't think anything about it. These were famously the last words of Abraham Lincoln. His successor, President Andrew Johnson, is left to preside over the complex process of incorporating former Confederate states back into the Union after the Civil War that crippled the country with around 1.5 million casualties caused by battles, disease, malnutrition, and prison conditions. The same year, the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is ratified in the aftermath of the Civil War, abolishing slavery in the United States. Three years later, in 1868, with the necessary three-fourth majority, the 14th Amendment is ratified despite the clear position of President Johnson. The 14th Amendment has five sections. The first one defines U.S. citizenship. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject of the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. This statement overturned the notorious 1857 Supreme Court's decision in which Chief Justice Roger Taney wrote that a black man, even born free, could not claim rights of citizenship under the federal constitution. More recently, the 14th Amendment was cited in the famous 1954 ruling in Brown v. Board of Education, 
where the Supreme Court overturned the separate but equal doctrine. This same amendment allows interracial marriage in 1967 in Loving v. Virginia, and in 1973, it legalizes abortion in Roe v. Wade. More recently, it was cited in 2015 in Obergefell v. Hodges to allow same-sex marriage. The 14th Amendment made its name for advancing human rights with its Equal Protection Clause, but it's little known that an 1886 headnote would forever shift the meaning of the 14th Amendment. You see, corporations aren't specifically mentioned in the 14th Amendment or anywhere else in the Constitution for this matter. But in 1886, in Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad, a head note added by the court reporter indicated that all the justices agreed that the Equal Protection Clause applied to corporations. In later cases, this headnote would be treated as part of the official verdict. And today, corporations are largely considered as persons, even though some have warned against the danger of corporations meddling in our elections. Since the 1990s, I noticed a shift in our culture where companies are becoming more human and we are asking them the same things as employees or customers as we ask our loved ones in our personal relationships. It follows a similar shift that happened in the institution of marriage. In previous centuries, we would get married with someone of the same trade and same class. If I were from a farm family of bakers, I would marry a baker to assure the survival of the business and the name. To find romantic love, we would need an affair. Today we want our partners to be the one, the romantic partner, the best friend, the confidant, the provider, the good father, the one who will bring the best in us. What we needed from an entire village, we are now looking into a single person. The shift with our relationship with our companies is more recent but similar. What was simply giving time for a salary becomes today more complex. Today I want my company to accept my identity, reflect my values, educate me, and grow me as an individual. 20 years ago, company used to be active in politics, mostly by donating to campaigns and lobbying. They would rarely express any political or social view in public. My first job in Manhattan was on the Upper West Side. I remember seeing ads from designer Kenneth Cole and thinking it was brand suicide to show social agenda on a billboard. Today, all big brands are politically engaged and vocal about it because silence might be seen as complicity. In 2020, with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, it felt like companies suddenly grew a social conscience. Companies like Etsy, IBM, Comcast, and PayPal publicly endorsed the movement. Companies are left balancing between losing customers with their endorsement or losing the best talent with their silence. Indeed, in 
These days, customers show their political views by the brand they purchase and wear. A brand is not just a mark of quality anymore, but a social stance. You hear every day companies talking about their social responsibility. Today, more than ever, we care about where and how our clothes are made and what is the impact on our society and environment. Today, employees will look toward the company to solve issues the government failed to address, like equal treatment of men and women in the workplace or LGBTQIA rights. Our democratic systems are failing us, so we turn toward our companies which cause these problems to fix them. In the 21st century, it's easier than ever to think that corporations are persons, especially mothers. A mother who feeds, protects, and educates a family. Once translated into the corporate language, the feeding mother is a company who compensates its employees and investors. The protection comes in form of health insurance, employee assistance, or 401k. The education is a career path, a leadership development, or continued education. Companies are citizens who are socially engaged, and we often turn to them to feed our needs and find solutions to our problems. Over 15 years ago, I remember being in a cramped, smoky conference room in New Jersey, discussing the same situation for hours on hours, without any resolution in sight, when suddenly one of the owners stood up and left the room hastily. He came back a few minutes later with a scruffy old piece of paper with some notes scribbled on it. It was a mission statement of the company. With his narrative voice, he slowly read the statements and all the faces in the room lit up. We could not agree on a solution because we were not clear on how the company should think. The mission statement provided the framework for why our company existed and what its ambitions were. This entire story is to tell you that you should consider your company to be a responsible citizen who operates with a mission, a vision, and a set of values, and it's the journey of that mission that will make it thrive. I strongly encourage any startup and any small business that does not currently have a mission to take the time to write it down. Your statement will be action-based and declare the purpose of your organization and how it will serve your customers. It's the what, the who, and the why of your company. Here are some good examples. The mission statement of Verizon is as follows. We deliver the promise of the digital world to our customers. We make their innovative lifestyles possible. We do it all through the most reliable network and the latest technology. The one for Patagonia is Build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire, and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. In our last example, the National Geographic Society uses the power of science, exploration, education, and storytelling 
to illuminate and protect the wonder of our world. When you're done with your mission statement, I advise you to write down a vision statement. Your vision statement describes what your company aspires to be, as opposed to what it is now. This is the ultimate goal of a company, the reason you wake up in the morning. Each time you make a decision, you make a budget, or make a business plan, make sure it aligns with your vision. At last, I urge you to write down your core values. The values that will guide your every decision and will be expected of you, your, ex- your employees, and will be ingrained in every transaction you make. A great example is Netflix. Netflix has 10 clearly defined values they posted for every candidate to see before applying to a job. These core values are judgment, communication, curiosity, courage, passion, selflessness, innovation, inclusion, integrity, and impact. Sure, our country had its dark hours, but the United States of America is still considered a pioneer in human rights in the world. And because of a simple headnote jotted down by a court reporter, the same rights have been extended to our companies and it resulted in the anthropomorphism of these companies that we consider more and more human over the years. We know that the advancement of human rights made people thrive, and it is clear today that advancing human rights and responsibilities to companies is doing the same. Our companies are innovative and employee-centric, and will flourish in this global market. Therefore, either your company is a startup or well-established, join the movement by writing down your mission statement, your vision, and your set of values that will make up the conscience of your enterprise. Post them on your walls, in your boardroom, and on your website. But more importantly, let them inspire you. listening to the show today. If you like this episode, head to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Leave a rating and a comment while you're there. It really helps new listeners to find the show. You can also join us at smallbusinessbigchallenge.com for more content or to leave a message with your ideas and what you'd like to hear next. If you are starting, running, or supporting a small business, this is your show. So be our next guest and share your story. For more information, go to smallbusinessbigchallenge.com.